podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Watsal Vora. It has been a while since the last episode, mostly because of my busy schedule with uh, assignment and other stuff. But uh, here I am back with a few cricketing news from uh, international cricket as well as the IPL, which is approaching towards the end with barely some games remaining. And then we have the playoffs and the final. We'll talk about the World Test Championship final as well between India and Australia. And we'll wrap things up with some news surrounding the England cricket team before they announce their squad for the upcoming Ashes, which is due in a month. Sit back, relax. This is going to be a very, very long episode compared to the other Cricket Corner podcast episodes, which are relatively smaller in size. They are like 20 minutes. But yeah, this is going to be a long one. So sit back, relax, grab grab a cup of coffee or something. And let's dive into some cricket news. Uh, Let's start with the IPL because that's the most topical issue at the moment. Not issue, well, in the sense, something terrible, but something which is happening around the world. uh, And people are really interested in it. So yeah, the IPL table looks quite interesting at the moment each team has two or three games remaining one or two games to be honest with you it's only the sunrisers hyderabad that have got three games in hand but i really want to brush on whom i think will be making into the playoffs for this season's ipl because the table's so close without mentioning the name of the teams which hold one two three four in the in the table I'll just mention the points. The team in number one place is on 16. Then it's 15, 14, 13, 12. And the, and the points for number 12, like the team with 12 points, are down till number 8. And that is the Punjab Kings with 12 points. It's the Kolkata Knight Riders with 12. Rajasthan Royals are on 12. And so is RCB. So that's 5, 6, 7, 8. That's four teams on 12 points. Then you have uh, Lucknow Super Giants on the 13. On the 13 point mark. Mumbai Indians are on 14. Chennai Super Kings are on 15. And the Gujarat Titans are leading the way with 16 points. So based on this, you can see that the actual competition for a place in the playoffs will go down from, I would say, from four down to eight. Now, it's really difficult for someone like Kolkata Knight Riders to break into that uh, playoff because they are on 12 points and they have already played 13 games, which means that they have only got one game remaining. And even if they win it by a long margin, they are like, how how much they are on. Like they are on 14 points with a relatively lower net run rate. So in the end, I feel like Kolkata Knight Riders are out of there even though they are ahead of the Punjab Kings. But Punjab Kings on 12 points have two games in hand. So they can go as far as 16 points. And similar uh, situation is with the Royal Challengers of Bangalore. Even they can get up to 16 points. But I feel like Gujarat Titans, Chennai Super Kings and Mumbai Indians are through 
it's just that one place for which the other three or four teams are fighting. Now, yeah, Chennai Super Kings did lose to the Kolkata Knight Riders yesterday. This is, if you're listening this on the day it comes out, which is on a Monday. But uh, I feel like Chennai are safe, like 15 points. I don't see them getting out of the playoff spots with 15 points because in previous seasons, 14 has been enough and 15 is point above that. So I feel like Chennai are dead set to be in the playoffs. And the only question surrounding the Chennai Super Kings is whether they make it to the playoffs as the first or the second side, second ranked side or the third or the fourth because unlike any other tournaments, the IPL has repercussions whether you finish first or you finish fourth because if you are finishing in the top two, you get two chances of making the finals while three and four play an eliminator. Then the winner of three and four take on the loser between the first and the second. So, it is vital for a team like Chennai to play at the Chidambaram Stadium and for that they have to finish in the top two to to make sure that happens. But I feel like Chennai could be safe. They have a game in hand and if they win that, I'm sure they are going to be in the top two. I think Gujarat have done enough to secure a place Yeah. In the top two as well. So, it's probably between Mumbai and Chennai who make it through uh, in the runners-up spot. Now, coming back to the table here, Lucknow Supergiants also have two games in hand. And should they win those two games, they climb as far as to 17 points. So, that can trouble the likes of uh, Chennai Super Kings if they lose their one game in hand and somehow some like Bangalore or... A team like Lucknow Supergiants can get those two points, gets those four points actually, and then they can really menace and trouble Chennai. But I feel like Chennai, regardless of whether they win or not, I think they are safe and they will play in the playoffs. Mumbai Indians, as I mentioned, have been in an excellent run of form. Surya Kumar Yadav has found his found his form back. Nehal Vaghera is also playing really well. Uh, Rohit Sharma showed glimpses of form but uh, it's really important if Mumbai Indians want to give this IPL real push they need the likes of Rohit Sharma and Ishan Kishan to fire from the very beginning and you know get Mumbai that awesome start which sometimes they have been lacking you see a team like Chennai Super Kings how good their opening stand is the likes of Ruturaj Gayakwad and Devon Convoy always give them a good start like in the power play if they are like 50-55 runs you know that for the loss of no wickets you know this is going to be a really really good score and that is something MI have not got this season uh, Ishan Kishan has showed glimpses that he can hit the long ball he can give you a quick fire start but he doesn't have that consistency which the likes of Convoy, Ruturaj Gaikwad. As far as Gujarat are concerned, Rudiman Saha, Shubman Gill have. And that's something which might trouble Mumbai in the playoffs because let's say if they finish third or fourth, they only have one chance of making it into the final. If they even lose well, the eliminator or the second second playoff, they are out. So they really need to go 
all guns blazing from the real beginning of this or beginning of the innings and if they can do that i think they'll have a really good push for the ipl trophy which will be the sixth and that is some massive massive number for a tournament that is just 15 years old but chennai super kings i feel like ms dhoni csk are a really different team when it comes to the playoffs dhoni knows how to win playoffs and i feel like chennai could give the likes of gujarat or any other team which makes it through the playoffs a real real battering not so battering but a real game and it could be difficult to face chennai when it's like a pressure situation so if someone had to ask me which four teams will make it through to the playoffs for this season's ipl i think gujarat chennai and mumbai are definites for me it begs begs the question whether 14 points for mumbai is enough but let's be honest mumbai still have two games and i expect them to win at least one of them so that will take them to 16 points and i feel like that should be enough yes there is a possibility that mumbai win both of their games go up to 18 and they can really get into the top 2 which will give them two chances to make it into the finals and that is something mi should be looking to do as far as the fourth team is concerned there is realistically four teams in there you have lucknow super giants rcb punjab kings and i feel like rajasthan royals but i will take them off the charts for now because yes they have one game in hand but they are in some atrocious form four defeats in five games and the and the and the way they were beaten by rcb i think that was a real hammer blow to their confidence and morale like you like getting all out for what 59 losing all 10 wickets in a at home chasing 172 that was a real hammer blow as far as the rajasthan royals are concerned so i think they might not make it kolkata night riders need some astounding luck to get there which i don't think they will so yeah that is that is really troubling so i think realistically it's between three teams it's lucknow bangalore and punjab kings never write off punjab kings they have some excellent batsmen and the way they take on the bowlers they are completely fearless when it comes to playing regardless of the open opposition the likes of livingston shikhar dhawan prapsimran singh uh, shahrukh khan jitesh sharma they are none of them are blockers they are all heavy hitters and if two of them or one of them clicks that is gold for punjab kings and you never know they might make a late push to to the playoffs but uh, coming back to the point if i had to pick the fourth team which will make it through I, my money on rcb i think rcb are clicking at the right time the win against rr would have been a massive morale boost for them it was a destructive destructive game for rr and not in a good way they they lost quite a bit of momentum there but on the other hand it has given a lot of momentum and belief to the royal challengers of bangalore so i feel like they would do it they still have two games remaining have a net run rate in the positive so that's a big plus as well so i feel like they could really really have 
a good chance of getting up to 16 points and booking their place in the final four. Now, there is a hypothetical chance that they can even qualify in the four, in the top two, which will be shocking how topsy-turvy their season have been this season. So, it is going to be a real struggle to get into the top two. But if you personally ask me, I feel like it would be Bangalore. Lucknow Super Giants have been quite good themselves, but uh, they have lost two games in the last four matches. And one was a no result with Chennai. But I feel like Lucknow Super Giants lack a good cohesion, like lack a good squad. They have got Quinton de Kock and Kyle Myers opening, but you see them, and they are not consistent enough. Quinton de Kock is an excellent IPL player, has had some great seasons with Lucknow and Mumbai Indians, but he has really come in after. Kale Rao's injury and he has had some good performances but I feel like the consistent factor is still missing from that uh, from that particular Lucknow's team I feel like they might stutter when it comes on, when it comes to facing the pressure Kunal Pandya has had a good run as captain but coming up against the likes of Faf Duplessis, Virat Kohli, Glenn Maxwell Mohamed Siraj we saw Michael Bracewell having a good game against Rajasthan Royals as well. Mahipal Longroar is there. Anuj Rawat finally scored some runs. I feel like Bangalore are clicking at the real crux, really good time for them. And I feel like they will make it through to the playoffs. The four teams which will make the playoffs, according to me, would be the Gujarat Titans, Chennai Super Kings, Mumbai Indians, and the Royal Generals of Bangalore. Not particularly in that order. I feel like regardless of what happens, Gujarat would finish in the top two places. And the rest is based on how good Mumbai Indians play. Mumbai Indians really have a chance of making it into the top two now. Two games in hand, back in form, and they have been excellent. So I'm not counting Chennai Super Kings to not make it into the top two as well because they only need one win from their final game. Even if they lose, they could still technically qualify, but then they are relying on other teams dropping points around them. So I think Chennai would want to win their game, which will not only secure a place in the playoffs, but also will make sure that they finish in the first, in the top two positions with 17 points. So yeah, uh, really good chance for Chennai as well. Gujarat, I think, have just lost four games this whole season and I feel like they have they have been excellent and I don't think them dropping off altogether. Mumbai Indians are on the high and so are the Royal Challengers Bangalore and I feel like those are the four teams which will make it through to the playoffs. It's it's really interesting to see that we are into the latter stages with of the IPL with just one week remaining of league fixtures and it's technically just the Delhi Capitals, which have no chance of making it into the playoffs. Usually, we see a couple of teams already out. But the IPL this season has been so close that regardless of regardless of form, every team have had a good run in this tournament. You can say Delhi have just picked up 8 points. But the way some of the games they have played, which really looked like they have some sheer quality, 
I feel like IPL, regardless of the sport, I feel like it's one of the closest competition in the entire world. And this season has really proved the point. We have not talked much about the Sunrisers, Hyderabad. We have hardly talked about them. They have three games in hand, so they can get six more points, which will take them to 14. Now, 14 might not be enough for them. That's why I'm not talking about them a lot. They are the only side they have which has got three games in hand. But uh, I don't think 14 would be enough based on their current net run rate as well. They are like minus 0.471, which is really, really poor when it comes to trying, when it comes to qualifying for the playoffs during these latter stages. And I feel like they need a couple of big results. Let's say they win an RCB kind of game against Bang- against Rajasthan Royals. They have that twice. That will really boost their net run rate. But still, 14 points when the team already at the number 4 spot is on 13. So I feel like Sunrisers need a real miracle to get it into the top 4, which I don't think is going to happen. So I feel like, yet, yet again, I'm repeating myself. It's going to be Gujarat, CSK, Mumbai Indians and RCB who will make it to the playoffs. Now my pick for the eventual winner of this IPL when I made that predictions video a month, month and a half back now I picked the Chennai Super Kings to win the IPL and I still stand to that prediction. I feel like Chennai really have a very good chance of winning the fifth IPL title. The thing, the reason why I say that is the Chepok factor, of course. But I feel, I, I think I mentioned this earlier in this episode as well. Chennai and MS Dhoni know how to win a playoff. They know how to win knockout games. Dhoni has proved that time and time again on the international stage, as well as in the IPL, that when it comes to pressure situations, when it comes to knockout games, he can really master his troops and get them over the line. And I feel like, that experience won't be going to going going to be down the drain or will be wasted at all. I feel like regardless of the pitch, regardless of the conditions, the pressure situation of a playoff of a knockout game, Tony doesn't feel that pressure. He's calm and cool as ever. And I feel like that could be one of the biggest reasons why CSK will be winning this IPL and I stay pretty much agree with my prediction there. I'm not going to change it. I remember I picked up RCB as the runner-up. Now, that might not happen, but at least I'm still backing them to make it to the playoffs. So, yeah, interesting times ahead as the IPL approaches its final couple of weeks. Uh, make sure you're tuning into the IPL. It's one of the best tournaments we have had in over a, uh, in over a long time now. We have had some good IPLs, but this one is really close as the table suggests, and I hope you are guys tuning in to that one. Make sure you let me know your predictions of the IPL in the comment section, or you can tweet me, tweet at me as well, or you can even email me if you are living in the early, 20th, early 21st century. So that would be the IPL prediction and a look into who will make it in the playoffs. I, I hope my predictions are correct. And I'm really excited to see what the tournament tournament has for us in the next couple of weeks.
Moving on, let's talk about India and the preparations ahead of the World Test Championship final against Australia, which is set to be played at the Oval in June. If I'm not wrong, it's the 9th of June. Well, I never remember dates. But yeah, the news coming from the Indian camp is quite a big thing to talk about, in my opinion, at least. And it's the replacement of KL Rahul, the injured KL Rahul. Rahul had announced earlier on social media that he's undergoing a surgery and therefore had to pull out of the IPL and the Lucknow Supergiants camp. And his replacement in the World Chess Championship final squad is none other than Mumbai Indians' very own Ishan Kishan. Now, Ishan Kishan, to those of you who don't know, is uncapped as far as test cricket is concerned, but he's played like 14 one day as 27 2020 so he he's well accustomed to the indian surroundings but this is the first time he's picked for a test tour i think he was part of the border gavaskar series squad as well but that was in home conditions now the interesting part about this is the wicket keeping situation in the indian camp now some of you might think is well one is one of them is injured the another one is picked in place of him. What's there to talk about? Now, now the thing to talk about here is, as I mentioned, the wicket-keeping scenario in India, in the Indian Test score, in the Test team. That, oh, I beg your pardon. The thing I'm I'm quite curious, and I want to talk about is, is Ishan Kishan really going to play in that Test match against Australia? It's a one-off Test match. Is he going to play? I'm not quite sure, because the current Indian wicket-keeper is Shrikar Bharat, KS Bharat, two others. He played all four innings, all four test matches, I beg your pardon, in the Border Gavaskar Trophy. He had some iffy moments with the gloves. He had semi-decent series with the bat. He didn't attract or wow anyone with his batting performances. Yes, he had a bit of cameos of 20s and 30s here and there. But none of those innings were eye-catching be it with the glove, be it with the bat. So that begs the question, is Ishan Kishan really going to be India's wicketkeeper when it comes to facing the Australians in in England? Now, this is all coming down to the fact that Rishabh Pant is injured and he's been injured for quite some time now. It's been months since his freak accident and his injury, but... Replacing him is a big task. Now, Rishabh Pant, as you all know, is an aggressive, hard-hitting wicketkeeper batsman. Comes lower down the order at number 5, number 4 or 5. Gives, scores some quick fire runs. Usually when the top order doesn't perform, he bails them out of trouble with his counter-attacking style of play. Now, if India want that similar kind of innings from their wicketkeeper, it's a no-brainer that they should go with Ishan Kishan. Yes, Ishan Kishan's form in the IPL and leaning up to the IPL has, has question marks of his own. But if India want to just tell Ishan Kishan that just go out there, give us a few quick fire 40 or 50 odd runs and we'll, we'll take care of the rest. I think Ishan Kishan is your go-to man. But then, do you... Do you really want to throw a debutant in, in front of a pack of wolves? Because Australia is going to be 
a completely different side from what they were a couple of months back during the Border Gavaskar Trophy. They had injuries to the likes of Stark, Hazelwood. Cummins just played the first two test matches before sadly returning home due to family reasons. But now, when it comes to the World Test Championship final, I think Australia will be picking their first choice fast bowling unit, which is Josh Hazelwood, Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummings, Nathan Lyon with the spinning option and Cameron Green as their fifth bowling choice. So, do you really want to put Ishan Kishan on debut against all of these players? Now, if you want an X-factor, someone who the opposition doesn't know about, and sure, go with Ishan Kishan, what's the worst that can happen? But then, you cannot expect such counter-attacking Risha Pant kind of an innings from someone like Shrikar Bharat. Yes, he had a really good semi-counter-attacking kind of play in, I think, the second test match, which was at Delhi, if I'm not wrong. But can you expect him to do that on a consistent basis? Well, I'm not sure whether you can do that with him. But he's a really good option if you want someone reliable. Now, Ishan Kishan and Shrikar Bharat's wicket-keeping, well, pick your choice. I think both of them are decent with the glove. Rishabh Pant's wicket-keeping was beyond recognition. He had some iffy moments during his early career as well, but since then he's become one of India's best wicket-keepers. Not only with the bat, but with the glove as well. But then, the reason why I'm sceptical about Ishan Kishan that is because of his first-class record. He's played 48 first-class matches and he scored 2,000 985 runs and an average of 38.7 with 600s and according to Crick, Crick Info's article he recently played in the Ranchi Trophy season he played just two games and scored 180 at an average of 45 so his overall first class record is slightly is I think average above average to say the least but his recent form in the Ranchi Trophy has been quite good but the reason why I bring up Ishan Kishan, whether he'll play or not, is the reason why is the reason going back to KL Rahul because yes, he's not in the best of forms. Yes, he's had his critics on internet, on the internet, and in the media. But I felt like KL Rahul was selected as India's wicketkeeper, and I expected him to play a lot uh, in place of uh, Shrikar Bharat, but. If that's the reason and they feel like Shrikar Bharat's not up to the mark and that's why they have picked Kishan and they expect to play Kishan, I think that would be not that won't be the ideal choice because throwing an uncapped player in front of the Australians in a final, let's be honest, it's a world like a ICC tournament final and you don't want to play some unexperienced kid, inexperienced kid in a final. So even though I have slightly leaned towards picking Ishan Kishan in this match, I feel like it is quite evident that it will be Shrikar Bharat who will play today, play in the World Chess Championship final because he has got experience. He's played against the Australians before. He's played four test matches. He's well accustomed to the Indian spinners as well while keeping wickets. And 
I feel like he has proven himself to the Indian selectors that he deserves a second chance in the squad. Now, the reason why I am still not confident is because, yes, he has four matches of experience, but he's not proved himself much. Yes, I'm contradicting my points. You see the confusion we have when it comes to the Indian wicket-keeping situation. On one hand, I feel like, yes, he's already played four games. He should therefore play in the World Chess Championship final as well. But on the other hand, I feel like, well, did he do enough to warrant a place? Now, Ishan Kishan is completely the opposite. Has he warranted at all when he's not played a single game of Test cricket in his life? I don't think so. So, let's keep the confusion out of the way and go with... Shrikar Bharat. Yeah, Shrikar Bharat as your wicketkeeper. And I feel like that's the way India would be thinking as well. I think Ishan Kishan is much more of a backup than the first choice wicketkeeper. Just to remind the listeners, the Indian squad for the World Test Championship final, and this is the updated squad. We have Rohit Sharma, Shubman Gill, Cheteshwar Pujara, Virat Kohli, the returning Ajikya Rahane, whom I expect to play in the number 5 slot in place of what we have, uh, Shreyas Ayer, who is injured. Shikhar Bharat and Ishan Kishan, big debate. I'm still confused. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section or you can tweet at me as well. Ravichandran Ashwin, Ravindra Jadeja, Akshar Patel, India's lower order batsman slash all-rounder situation. Uh, after that, you have Shadul Thakur, Mohammad Shami, Mohammad Siraj, Umesh Yadav, and Jaydev Unarkat. We have three players on standby. We have Mukesh Kumar on standby, Ruturaj Gaikwad, and Surya Kumar Yadav. Now, that's a decent standby, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, it's it's a really good squad, and I feel like regardless of what the wicket keeping situation is, I feel like India have a really good chance of winning this particular tournament for the first time in their history and I won't be surprised if they win it yes they have had their injury concerns they are missing Pant now they are missing KL Rahul Shreyas Iyer is out Jakhtin Pumbara is out but those four keep them aside they still have a really good squad look at the seam attack Shami, Siraj, Umesh Yadav the spin attack is one of the best in the world if not the best in the world and regardless of the wicketkeeper situation, which I personally feel wouldn't be Shrikar Bharat, but I think India have a really good chance of beating Australia. I think I said that in the episode when India first announced the squad that I feel like India are the favourites to win this tournament. And uh, I feel it is going to happen. Australia will be focused. I think Australia will be much focused on Ashes other than the World Test Championship Final. Not saying that Australia would take that game easy. It's again a final. But I feel like India have the quality to beat the Aussies. So yeah, that's the wicket-keeping situation. I feel like the more you talk about it, the more complex you make, I think you should just stay away from the stats, figures and stuff like that. Just go with Shikhar Bharat. He has played four games for you previously. Ishan Kishan has not played a single game for you. His form is a little dicey. Yes, Shikharbar has not played IPL cricket at all at the time of recording this podcast, but he has had test cricket experience. He's got the exposure. He's with the squad. And I feel like 
just go with Shikhar Bharat and call it a day and focus on the rest of the game. That's my thought on the wicket-keeping situation. I have been really confused, but I'm slightly leaning towards Bharat now. As I mentioned, let me know your thoughts in the comments as well and whether Ishan Kishan deserves a place, deserves a debut in a World Test Championship final. Let's end this discussion and this episode by talking about England and their preparations ahead of the 2013 Ashes series against Australia. And this has to do with James Anderson, England's best bowler, arguably. And he was playing for Lancashire ahead of for the preparations ahead of the Ashes. And he sustained an injury regarding which the ECB have released an official statement. The official statement is available on the ECB's website, which I'll link in the description. And the statement reads as follows. Lancashire and England seamer James Anderson has sustained a mild strain to his right groin during Lancashire's County Championship Division 1 match against Somerset at Emirates Old Trafford. Anderson suffered the injury on day one on Thursday while bowling and stayed off the field for the remainder of the match, which ended in a draw. Now, this is the interesting part. His fitness will be assessed near the time of the test match against Ireland, which takes place on the 1st of June at Lords. Now, this is an interesting one. Like, James Anderson is England's, one of England's most important players if they want to win the Ashes back from the Australians. Now, him suffering an injury with what? Two, two and a half weeks to that Ireland match can be a little tricky as far as the selecting team selection is concerned. Now, Anderson, if it was always going to play, <coughs> sorry, was always going to play in that first test match, a first Ashish test match, which is um, the Ashish test series. Where does that start? Let me just check. Yeah, on the 16th of June, which is exactly in a month's time. And at, uh, which is edge bastard again. So yeah, he was definitely going to play regardless if he was fit. Now the thing here is his fitness has put up some clouds over his availability, particularly in that first test match. Now the statement doesn't say it to be any serious because they are going to access the assess the injury before the first test. Even before that first test, I'm talking about the, the sole test match against Ireland. Now, my my gut instinct says that he might not play in that Ireland test match. Let's give him some rest. I think he deserves a bit of rest. He's 42, if I'm not wrong. So, I think he might not play in that Ireland test match. But if it, he might play in that first test against Australia, do, but England on the other hand also have a job. Also, I have an opportunity to rest him. Don't take any risk with his body and un unleash him in the second test match, which is more than a month's time. More than one month from the future. Now, England have some great, great bowling attack. Anderson is there. You have Broad. Oh, Ollie Robinson has been in some great form. You have two Overton brothers. You have Jofra Archer who has returned from injury. Well, he's again not in full fitness because he's left IPL early. 
you have Mark Wood, you have Chris Wokes if you want to pick, pick him. So you have got five or six decent seamers who can replace Anderson. And that's the beauty of the England team that you have multiple options to replace Anderson. But the importance of Anderson is beyond recognition. I think Anderson would have been the first name on the team sheet if he was fit. But uh, the reason why I feel like England might not be too concerned surrounding Anderson, it's not like, you know, Pat Cummins is injured or Mitchell Stark is injured, that it's similar kind of scare, but Australia need to go down to their B tier to pick up a replacement while England have some decent fast bowlers who can come in and replace Anderson without even the team losing their shine or losing their competitiveness. So I feel like England might be fine even if Anderson doesn't play the Ireland test, even if he doesn't play the first test. But that's that's just my thoughts. I know this is just a little snippet of talking about James Anderson's injury, but he, he's been exceptional. But the thing is, I think even if he didn't get this injury, let's say he played against... Somerset with Lancashire played the full four day game the first class game wasn't injured it's completely fit to play the Ireland test match and the five test against Australia I still feel and I was discussing this with one of my friends and I told him about my chain of thoughts brewing in my mind and I felt that even if Anderson was 100% fit i didn't see him playing all five test matches not just because he has he's approaching the latter stages of his career not just because of that this is also because the quality of England bowling they have at their disposal you want to try out different permutation combinations against the Aussies and I felt like one of I think Anderson would have been rested for one if not two test matches uh, regard uh, depending on the state of how the Ashes are going but I personally feel like regardless of his fitness he wasn't going to play full five test matches now we have always always felt like how many more test matches can James Anderson play he's been getting a few rests here and there he only plays first class cricket test match cricket for England so he's got a huge break from the last time he played a test match was all the way in February if I'm not wrong against um, New Zealand before that he was in England uh, was in sorry he was in Pakistan playing in that three match series I think he was rested for the final test match so he's getting some rests here and there England are really using Broad and Anderson really well and I feel like this injury might not scare the selectors a lot now this is assuming that the injury is not a major one. Looking at the ECB statement, I've, I get an in, I get an idea that it is not a really serious one, but only time can say and Jimmy Anderson himself can say how serious or not serious it is. But I don't think England would be too concerned about it. I feel like they have, as I already mentioned, they've got enough firepower in their bowling unit to replace Anderson and still be one of the finest sorry one of the finest test match side now one interesting thing about let's assume 
that Anderson's not playing the first test match at Ed Baston in a month's time. Okay. Who do you think England are picking him in- instead of him? Is it Mark Wood? Because Mark Wood or Jofra Archer, I think the choice of picking up taking a fast bowler to replace Anderson in between these two, Mark Wood and Archer. Yes, you can say even Craig Overton is there, but uh, let's let's just have Wood and Archer. Two gun bowlers easily clicking 150 kilometers per hour. I think now it again depends on the fitness concerns. Now, Archer has returned from Mumbai Indians camp early. Now, is it just a precautionary one and just to unleash him in the ashes? If yes, go with Archer, Broad, in your and Ollie Robinson as the three fast bowlers and he will still be have a really lethal quick uh, three quick three musketeers I must say with uh, Jack Leach as your spinner you can even go with Mark Wood he's had a decent start to his IPL time with uh, Lucknow picked up a high wicket hole in his very first game so Mark Wood is a decent choice as well I personally feel like if Jofra Archer fit, is fit and Anderson is 1995. I feel like Archer would play ahead of Anderson just to not risk the fitness surrounding the Burnley Express. So I would personally go with Archer, Robinson, Broad, Jack Leach as your spinner. You have Ben Stokes as your fifth bowling choice. You can also go with uh, Joe Root who bowled first before he batted in the IPL. So, well, he's a part-timer himself. So England don't need to worry is all I want to say again. And I think they should be fine regardless of how how in, how Jimmy Anderson is fit or not. If Jimmy Anderson is fit or not. But yeah, I don't think it is much of a concern. BBC themselves has said it's a mind, mild growing. The English cricket board statements is stating the word mild as well. So... I'm just blabbing about Jimmy Anderson not playing the first test match and you never know that freakish fast bowler who continues to threaten the batting units from each country at 42 would just come up, play the first test match against Australia and pick up a five-wicket haul. You never know. That's Jimmy Anderson for you. So yeah, those were the topics which I really wanted to cover. We talked about the IPL. We talked about the Indian wicket-keeping situation. We are talking about the England bowling situation now. Lovely, good, three lovely topics to talk on. I'm really glad to be back recording these podcasts on the Cricket Corner Podcast YouTube channel and uh, the Spotify link, which will be always be there in the description. If you're listening this on Spotify, then might as well give me those amazing five-star ratings. Because it's lovely to be back, planning to make a lot more podcasts surrounding the World Test Championship Finals, surrounding the Ashes, of course. And I'll see you guys pretty soon. Ciao for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.